You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Haps of Minded. My name is Jared Brook and we are continuing our look at the teams in the Atlantic Division. And today we are looking at Tampa Bay Lightning. Today joining us, Dave Randorf, the play-by-play voice of the Lightning. Dave, how are you doing? I'm great, Jared. Uh, thanks for having me on. But thanks for doing this. I guess the question with the Lightning, I mean, there's not really much questions. We pretty much know what the Lightning are. Uh, is there any feeling that... Uh, there there's that fatigue i mean they've been to three straight stanley cup finals winning two of them we know how losing the stanley cup final can affect teams the next year is there any sense of that uh as as the lightning start the start the training camp i don't think there's any question about it and i've had a chance to talk to some guys uh here in training camp uh it's it's undeniable that uh you know they they know what they've been through uh both physically and mentally they played, uh, as you said, uh, three consecutive Stanley Cup finals. First time any team's done that since the Edmonton Oilers of the uh, early to mid-80s. It's been a while. They played 71 playoff games in the past three seasons. That's basically an extra season in, in a two-and-a-half-year span, or not even full three years, if you remember you know, the whole bubble situation. It's the most playoff games in a three-season span in NHL history. So that's a lot of hockey. And uh, they've also lost a couple of key pieces that were uh, big, big pillars to uh, their on and off ice success. And that's Andre Palat, a guy who was uh, originally a seventh round pick as a 19 year old in his second draft year of eligibility, uh, went on to become one of the all time great Bolts and and a clutch uh, playoff performer as well. He signed a big deal. He's gone to New Jersey and they traded Ryan McDonough, who uh, you know, was was a, a real leader on and off the ice for this team. And uh, and just salary cap squeeze forced them to make a big move. And uh, Ron McDonough goes to the Nashville Predators. So those are two big pieces on the ice. I- I've asked a couple of guys uh, from the core, you know, what what's the bigger concern or, or what's the bigger factor going into the season? Is it physical fatigue or mental fatigue? And they would say certainly mental. They all feel pretty good. Uh, everybody's, uh, you know... Knockwood, uh, for their sake, healthy right now going into the season. So they all feel physically ready, but they understand. They understand better than any team in the league right now, the long grind ahead. And that it starts, you know, in, in, in early October and goes, you know, for them, it's been going to July the last <laughs> two years. So uh, it really is a, uh, you know, a daunting uh, task. If you just look at it, you write it down on paper and you just kind of look at it. But but they are well equipped to uh, to uh, you know work through that the ups and downs. They know that it's important just to make the playoffs. You don't have to win the Atlantic Division. It's a very difficult division to win. Uh, and and getting you know even a playoff spot these days is becoming more and more challenging. Uh, I remember back you know 20 years ago, everybody got in the playoffs. It seemed <laughs> like it was no problem uh, because there was a lot of haves and have-nots. Now there's a lot of haves. There's a lot of parity. And with player movement and, uh, you know, teams going moving up and down the standings, it's uh, it's every night you've got to scratch and claw. So they know that their job is to have a good start and, that, as they like to say, munch points early. 
and just worry about getting their game straight and getting into you know position where they don't really have to scramble around in the second half of the season uh, for a playoff spot. And then they know, then they feel they're good because they've got a core that is second to none. Uh, and they've still, still got a lot of key players in Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman and Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and most of all, Andre Vasilevsky. So that's the focus for them going into this season to try to not let the, the mental uh, exercise of, of what, is, what lies ahead, the amount of hockey they have played and the amount of hockey they have to play ahead of them, uh, you know, not let that you know, get in their wheelhouse and uh, to just play their game and stay patient and munch points early. Take advantage of the schedule when you can and, and get in yourself into playoff position by, you know, solidly by Christmas. Yeah, that's a good point because the flip side to the physical toll that they've gone through the last three years is, is it brings aside a, a, a maturity, right. Of knowing what they need to do. Look, they, they, yes, they won the first two Stanley Cup finals, but it's still a, a grind to get back there. The, those, those two years. And then obviously last year as well. And, and you bring up a good point about the, you know, just making the playoffs. I mean, last year they finished third in the division um, and, you know, were behind Toronto and and then beat Florida in, in the next round. And, and I think that, yeah, well, you know, it, getting there is is part of the battle. And then you have Ottawa, um, Boston, who are teams that are going to expect to make the playoffs as well. And, and yeah, the Atlantic division is going to be a, a, a dogfight. And, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that, that goes again this year. I, I want to touch on a little bit about the two guys that left, because this is nothing new to Tampa Bay, right? You know, entering last year, the question's like, oh, Yanni Gord is gone, uh, Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow, how are they going to replace those guys? And and I think what's different about this year is that, you know, the, the two big additions they made were really at the trade deadline last year, and Nick Paul, Brandon Hagel, in, in terms of filling in those those holes up front. It, it is, is that kind of continuity something that you, you see helping them, is, is that they're not bringing in a whole lot of new bodies for the regular season? Uh, no doubt. I mean, they did bring a couple of guys in, yeah. uh, but you're right. Uh, the the key acquisitions were Brandon Hagel, a guy that they were excited to get because a lot of people were talking about him and, and the career year that he was having in Chicago as a young emerging forward. And if you remember uh, the quote from Jonathan Taves when they traded him, he said out loud, he said, really? You know, we're rebuilding and we're trading him? Like, really? Is it, What's going on here? Like, he, that was the captain. And uh, they were not happy to lose him. They they recognize that this is a he's a, a rising stock. He came in here and uh, really tried to you know he, he 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 he'd already had twenty goals when he was acquired by the Lightning, and so he I think he came in with these expectations that he had to keep up that offensive output, which really he didn't on this on this team. Uh, you know, they've obviously got plenty of guys who can score. Yeah. His offense wouldn't hurt, but they wanted him to do uh, different things and play within their system. And I remember having a conversation, you know, you know how he said he's just trying to grasp the the systems and 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 not do the wrong things. And you know, you're walking into that room, the lightning, and there's all these big names, and going back to back cups, and he just doesn't want to have any missteps. And his mind was racing with all these uh, X's and O's, and 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 not just playing free and 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 playing the game that he's played his whole life. He said, you know. In the system, our system in Chicago is just get the puck out. That was our system. <laughs> and here in Tampa Bay, he goes, there's, there's multiple detailed plans and strategies for when you have the puck, what to do with it. So it was an adjustment for him. He 
he played all right. I think he would probably admit. And then he got hurt too. He got hurt yeah. near the end because he really, he plays, I don't want to say recklessly, but he plays fearlessly for a guy who's not big. He plays with no fear whatsoever. gets in on the forecheck heavily, but so some injuries set him, him back a little bit in the playoffs with his effectiveness. So he played okay, but I expect him to take another step in terms of adjusting to uh, the way the lightning play and, and his role within it. The other guy, Nick Paul was, uh, was a, a, a grand slam home run acquisition. This is a guy who you've seen a lot. I had seen a lot when, during my time in Canada, when he was with Ottawa. And to be honest with you, Jared, I remember doing my rosters year after year with Ottawa. And then I'm, I'm updating the names and numbers. And I, I, I hate to say it, but sometimes I go, wow, Nick Paul's still with him. Like he's, <laughs> he's still there. And because he really couldn't grasp the opportunity. Now, maybe it had to do something with a team he was playing on and, you know, the, his role within it uh, and, and everything that was going on around Ottawa. But whatever happened, he, uh, you know, he goes into a contract year. He puts up good numbers under DJ Smith on Ottawa. The Lightning bring him in and he takes off. He plays all three forward positions. He kills penalties, blocks shots, scored both goals in a 2-1 game seven win at Toronto in the first round, you know, in a rink that is 20 minutes from where he grew up, uh, you know, the game of his life. Uh, he was excellent. He loved it here. He really embraced coming to the Lightning. Uh, he felt comfortable in his own skin. He's not a kid. You know, he's in his late 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a little older than Brandon Hagel. So he, he was a little bit more well-equipped. I think uh, mentally to uh, and confidence wise to come in and, and just, just do his own thing and not do too much. Um, yeah. He played an all up and down the lineup and uh, he was, and then he was rewarded with a seven year contract extension and the money wasn't crazy. The annual hit wasn't crazy. I think around 3 million a year, but, but the term was long and that's what you got to pay. So this is what the lightning like to do. You're right. Getting back to your initial question. They like to integrate guys the year before rather than really count on some kind of big free agent acquisition in, in the summer. Um, the pattern has been clear with uh, Barkley Goodrow before him and um, Blake Coleman uh, as well. Two key guys who uh, play, who has, whose fingerprints were all over the back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. And, and they, too, had had slowish starts to when they were brought in, but uh, certainly that uh, went away. Uh, so those two guys are well integrated, and now it's a question of what the defense is going to look like. You know, when you lose a guy who plays as many minutes, especially uh, killing penalties and blocking shots like Ryan McDonough, who's going to take up those minutes? Mikhail Sergachev, the former Montreal Canadian first-rounder, uh, as we, you all know there, uh, is just been given an eight-year contract extension. Yeah. His role is going to expand. He wants to be more consistent and relied upon more. And and, and the consensus is he's ready for it. Um, he's worked on his game. He says he's worked on his shot. Uh, he's got an excellent shot. It's not the most accurate shot. I think he will tell you that himself. Uh, so he has said that I, I've got to get it through more. I've got to get it on net more. Uh, but he and, he and he wants to be more consistent. But when he has one of his better performance and goes into what Cooper likes to call beast mode. He can, he can take over a game. He really, really can. He's physical. He's not shy. He will fight if he has to. Um, and he's tough. He, I, I've seen him take pucks and sticks and go off, miss a shift. And you think, okay, well, might not see 98 again tonight. And he's right back out there. Uh, he can log a lot of minutes. So he will be dependent upon. He is right now paired with Eric Chernak, which is an interesting, uh, you know, pairing uh, Chernak was with McDonough. Chernak is a guy who's really uh, emerged as well. A, a guy who was also given a long contract extension, a real hard rock, you know, 
block of granite type defenseman that will run you over and punish you physically. He's not going to score you a lot of goals, uh, but he can make safe plays, but he is a, he's a finisher and a closer. He can uh, really intimidate physically. And um, the other one, the question on defense is who's going to play with uh, Victor Hedman last year, the last several years actually played with Jan Ruda and he, Jan Ruda was just kind of that, that quiet, steady Eddie guy and, uh, you know, for a team as star-studded, for Victor Hedman to be paired with him, it was because he was comfortable with him. Because he, you know, rooted it just enough and allowed Hedman to be Hedman. And Hedman had a, a spectacular season again last year. Uh, 85 points. Most points by a Swedish defenseman in a single season in NHL history. I don't know if that stat would surprise you or not. But um, that's what he did at age 31 and 20 goals to boot. So who's going to play with him? Right now it might be Cal Foote. What is a former first round pick that they've slowly been working on, particularly with his skating and it has really improved and he's ready to become a, a regular full-time 82 game guy. He hasn't done that yet. So maybe this is the year for him. Yeah. It's really interesting because, you know, fr from an outside perspective, watching what Tampa does and, and the way that they integrate not only players like, like Hegel and Paul, but how to integrate younger players and, and get them into eventual roles you know Sergeyev is a good example Chernak is a good example of that uh Anthony Shirelli and and it just seems like there's always that second wave and and that's the key to to maintaining success and and it's just it's it's wild how they keep replacing guys with guys and you know you watch them and like how did this guy fall to to Tampa Bay mm -hmm. again yeah and, and it just seems like a, a story that that we see over and over again well, they've got a plan, Jerry. Yeah. You know, they, and you're right. It is it is really amazing to be up close to it. Now I get a really a good view of it. But you're right, Anthony Sorelli, you know, third round pick, Braden Point, third round pick. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, that, that one obviously hit. Uh that th this is what they do. They find diamonds in the rough and they develop them and they and they they take their time with them. They bring them into their culture, their room, the leaders in the room bring them in as well, make them feel comfortable uh, and, and make them understand they don't have to do all the heavy lifting. Uh, last year, you had the emergence of Ross Colton. Ross Colton hit 20 goals. He had 22, I believe, off the top of my head. And this is a guy who, you know, was a fourth round pick, played three years in Syracuse. They took their time with him. He developed his skating. He's got a very good shot. Not a huge guy, not small, but not, you know, kind of a, a middleweight uh, size range in the, in the NHL, but quickly showed that he's got a nose for the net. And, and, you know, lo and behold, gets called up, I believe, in November, December, sticks, and then ends up scoring the Stanley Cup winning goal in a one nothing game against, you know who, the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. So, uh, and now, then he follows that up with 22, uh, 22 goals. So there's a perfect example of yet another guy that is going to be relied upon again for 20 goals. Uh, this year, maybe a name for you to keep um, on your radar is Cole Kepke. Kepke's, again, not that uh, young. He's 24. He'll be 25 uh, next early next year. Uh, he played last year in the American League with Syracuse, had a 20-goal season. He was a star at Minnesota Duluth, sixth-round pick. He's got very good size. He's 6'1", but he seems, he seems bigger uh, on the ice when I look at him in practice. Uh, an excellent shot, good skating. You know, John Cooper said was asked about him last night after the game, the preseason game in, in Florida. He said, listen, he's got all the he's got the skating. He's got the shot. He's got the size. He's going to play in the NHL. It's just a matter of when he puts it all together and, and when he arrives here full time. So that may be this season. He's being given an opportunity right now. There is a spot. 
but again, they're they're not shy to you know give them a taste and then send them back down and then give them another taste and then go work <laughs> on your game. And that's how they do it. Yeah. Uh, the Lightning have a of a plan year in year out. They don't think they're done, Jared. <laughs> they do not think nobody in that room thinks they're done. I know everybody else thinks, wow, what a great, great run. Congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they are there. That's something else. We're going to really remember that as a special run. And they're all like, hello, we're not done. And 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 I've been around this group long enough now to know that this is not just a bunch of cliches and not just a bunch of hyperbole and, and talk is cheap kind of stuff. They back it up. They believe in themselves. They've got a culture. They know they were down 2 nothing to the New York Rangers in the Eastern Conference <laughs> Final, and there was no panic. They got smoked in game one of the Stanley Cup Final, and there was no panic. You know, people forget in that Stanley Cup Final, Colorado was the better team, but two of those games went to overtime, and two games were one-goal games. You know, and the Lightning were, again, two wins away from doing it again. Don't count these guys out. <laughs> they are uh, they are it's a special group that believes in themselves and they still got the core intact and they're ready to go be a, a factor again this year. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned K- Kepke because uh, Laval had a really tough series against Syracuse uh, in the first round uh, of the AHL playoffs. And you just look at that Syracuse team and you can just tell which guys are going to, could be future lightning in, in, and going down the road. And, and yeah, well, is, you know, and then uh, to your point, then uh, maybe we'll throw one more name that might be familiar to uh, you know your local uh, listeners, Gabriel Forche from uh, I think Lachine's is just a Montreal suburb, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just just uh, it's part it's a part of Montreal. There you go. So he, he you know this guy he's second round pick, so you know his stock is a little bit um, higher in terms of you know when you just judge on where he was drafted and mm-hmm. at the time you know in the last couple of years ago I believe I spoke to Al Murray um, their their um, their director of uh, scouting uh, for the lighting. And he said, this guy brings everything we look for in a player, competitiveness, edge, speed, IQ. And, and he felt he could be one of their next gems. So he's only 22. Uh, he's uh, he's still getting uh, a look-see as well, but uh, there's another guy from the Montreal area for you to keep your eyes on. Yeah. They, they, not only do they keep finding players, but they keep finding players from Quebec <laughs> as, as well. That the lightning do. Um yeah, it's you know if they can overcome the uh, the Stanley Cup final loser, um, I don't want to say curse, but the the challenges uh, of that, uh, then they're definitely they're the team to do it because, like you mentioned, their core is is still intact and and they still have a what seems to be a chip on their shoulder a little bit, I think uh, as well. They they no they they're they're still hungry. They yeah. they really are. And I've looked these guys in the eyes and talked <laughs> to them in in the you now that we're able to go back into the dressing rooms. They're still ready to go, and uh, I'm telling you right now, if if they're healthy and it's game one of the first round, I don't know if I want to face the Tampa Bay Lightning because, again, the, they're, the ultimate stopper they have is Vasilevsky, right. who for the fifth consecutive season was first or tied for first in the NHL at wins. And, uh, you know, watching this guy night in, night out is, is remarkable. You know, how many saves he makes over the, the course of a game that uh, little saves don't make the highlights that were, that you go, wow. <laughs> you know he's he's spectacular and ultra competitive and uh you know is well on his way to um you know joining the conversation as one of the best of all time yeah absolutely uh th- there is no there is no lightning run if not for for Vasilevsky because gold you know you know as well as I do how important goaltending is especially in a playoff run um yeah. they they thank you so much for joining us uh, I really appreciate the time and uh have a good season and enjoy enjoy the ride Thank you very much. It's always fun when the Montreal Canadiens come into this bar and uh, 
So uh, they they usually do right after Christmas, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to all of it. Can't wait for the puck to drop. And Jared, thank you very much for having me on.